Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode in Her Space. Thinking about my nieces or thinking about other brown girls and brown boys and brown gender nonconforming kids who can look at this visual album and see beauty in blackness, right? But then also because of Beyonce's like mainstream popularity, children of other races and ethnicities get to also witness how beautiful black culture is. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or even a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or if you feel comforted throughout the episode, lady, please leave us a review and tell us what we're doing right so we can stay on track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit herspacepodcast.com and enter your email address to get updates about our live events and all of the new beginnings that we have for this year. Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're, We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Her Space Podcast. Do you have a burning question you're dying to get feedback on? Do you want an unbiased perspective on a situation you're facing? If so, visit herspacepodcast.com and click Ask Dr. Dom under the Start Here option. Every Tuesday, I'll choose a few questions and answer them at random. Okay, our quote of the day. We have always been wonderful. I see us in the world's most heavenly things. Black is king. We were beauty before they knew what beauty was. That quote comes to us from Yursa Daly Ward, and she is one of the co-writers for Beyonce's latest visual album, Black is King. Now, lady, if you haven't seen it yet, which I totally understand they're exclusively streaming on Disney Plus. And if you don't have a Disney Plus account, then you might not have seen it yet. However, I highly recommend that you check it out, especially after you listen to all of the things that Terry and I are going to dive into today regarding the things that we picked up. and. Things that 
other people have noticed about this visual album. My thought is that after hearing this, you will definitely want to check it out for yourself, no matter what your opinion may be. You would want to check this out. T, I think before we dive in, I do want to give a little bit more information. So for those who have seen it and didn't know this yet or haven't read any of the articles associated with it, so Blackest King is the visual album follow-up to The Lion King. And each song from the visual album, there's a special video that goes along with that. And it is shot in various locations from South Africa, Ghana, the UK. Beyonce really went international, but mostly focusing on the continent for creating this visual album. There were so many, if you looked at the credits, there were so many people that contributed to this work. And we'll get into some of that later on today. But just know that watching that visual album is truly a work of art. No matter what you think of any of the other things that we'll bring up today, the bottom line is that Blackest King is truly a work of art and art is supposed to generate conversation. So T, are we ready to dive into that conversation? We are ready to dive in. That was a great transition there, Dom. You are so right too. Art is supposed to bring up conversation, right? It provokes conversation. It sometimes provokes controversy as well. And lady, chances are, if you have been on social media, you have been seeing all the posts, okay? There's just, it's so polarizing. There's so much, so much that people are saying, okay? So we're just going to cover really quickly what folks are saying about Black is King. So some people believe that Black is King is a stunning ode to African glory and culture. Then others deemed Beyonce's work as demonic and problematic. Now, I even saw a post online that said Black is King is racist. Now, you know, I had to side eye when I saw that. And I'm pretty sure they said that it was racist because I believe they said that she had a white butler in the film. And I thought that was so interesting because when you think about the history of Black people on television and the roles limited to us, yeah, I was just like, okay, that's interesting. Also, as an aside, Black people can't be racist. We don't have the tools or power to institutionalize racial oppression. So can we be prejudiced? Absolutely, we can. Took the words, we're gonna move took the words right out of my mouth. Yes. Okay. Like, um, yeah, Black people cannot be racist, right? But we can be right. prejudiced for sure, right? Okay, let's get that. Let's get that out of the way. We also noticed that other viewers believe that the film wasn't an accurate depiction of Africa and wished to see more representation from other countries on the continent. And basically, as you probably know, the range of feedback was wide and very controversial. And there's so much that we could discuss. But if you know anything about the Her Space podcast, you know that we often like to dive into the unexplored perspectives or we like to lean into the positive or motivational aspects of the topics we cover. And so today we want to highlight some of the amazing artists and creatives that showcase their work in the film, because regardless of how you feel about it, there were definitely parts of this that can be inspiring, right? There were definitely parts that can 
be motivating. And there were definitely parts that can, like Dom said, strike thought-provoking conversation, right? And so Dom, I'm going to go ahead and pass the mic over to you because there are so many things that we could explore. And I think we should definitely acknowledge what we could explore before we dive into what we're going to focus on for today. Yeah. Where do I even begin? Yes. There are many layers to this. And I want to be clear that, you know, T, you and I stay in our lane, right? And yes, when <laughs> something is not in our lane, we bring in an expert, right? And so the things that we're not going to dive into today are because we want to stay in our lane and we don't have the experts to come on to talk about these topics. And lady, if you're listening and you're an expert in one of these areas that I'm about to mention, feel free to reach out to us at herspacepodcast at gmail.com and let us know your area of expertise in one of these areas. And we would love to discuss with you the potential to have you on, to share your knowledge with us. So some of those topics, dance. T, you and I have said multiple times before that dance is not our ministry. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> we will not attempt to dissect any of the dance, but we will give shout outs to the choreographers because they did amazing, amazing, amazing work. The fashion. Now, we will talk a little bit about her stylist, but the overall dissection of the fashion itself and some of the underlying themes and the art of some of Beyonce's hairstyles, those are things that we're not going to dive into because, again, that's not our area of expertise. The biggest piece that I want us to acknowledge and I encourage all of us, myself included, I've started, I've actually started doing more research. Throughout the documentary, there are underlying and outward themes from the Yoruba religion. And I would encourage all of us, any one of us who is not familiar to do some research to really get an understanding of Beyonce's connection to it and what were the different ways in which she brought that out in the documentary. There was also, within some of that controversy, discussions between the relationship between Africans and Black Americans. We're not going to dive into that. That is a whole nother episode that we could potentially just dive into in the future of that relationship and the relationship of all of us along the African diaspora in general. But we won't dive into that today. And I think that it is important for us to acknowledge all of these things, because as we've seen in the articles about Blackest King, those aspects are brought up. But again, we want to stay in our lane and our lane on her space, as T mentioned, is to be positive and to focus on uplifting voices of black women in general. And so 
what we are going to do now is kind of highlight some of the Black women creatives who contributed to Black is King and just really amplify who these women are so that we can all know their names. T, you ready? I'm ready, Donna. I do want to say there are so many creatives. Like, I think I saw a list. I mean, Don, did you see the credits at the end? There are so many creatives that we could touch on. I think I may have saw, I may have seen a list that said a hundred plus, but I, I don't know if that's accurate. So don't, don't follow that lady. But there are lots of creatives that were part of this that we could touch upon, but we're only going to highlight a few today because we could be here all day. So our first creative that we're going to dive a bit deeper into here is Zarina Akers. And she is Beyonce's stylist. And she's been her stylist for about six years. And honestly, regardless of how you feel about the film, I think that the 100 plus looks are undeniably compelling. Okay, we have to give Zarina some credit for that and a big thank you because I mean, she did the damn thing. And I was watching this Good Morning America interview where she talked about how Beyonce really wanted to pay homage to the art of water collecting, which is still common for many people today. And so she used that feedback to inform some of the looks. And you know what else I thought was interesting, Dom? In that interview, she was talking about how she was at Beyonce and Jay-Z's home and they were just going to shoot some stuff in Beyonce's backyard and figure it out. And then she said that Beyonce was like, wait, I want to do a video, her song. So Zarina said that it kept on kind of growing and flowing constantly. And the boxes just kept coming, kind of like how the Amazon boxes just keep showing up at my house. And the boxes <laughs> of clothing just kept coming. <laughs> and I was like, damn, that's so dope. Like as a creative, how you don't even really have like an end in mind. You're just like, let's just go with the flow, right? And you're feeling it. And you're like, you know what? It makes me think about some of our creative processes too, Dom, where we may not really have an end in mind. We just really go with the flow. We go with our gut. We trust our intuition. And by the time we're finished, you know, we produce something and share it with the world and we get a lot of feedback and, you know, we get to hear what our listeners think, right? It really makes me think about that creative process as far as how you go with the flow. But I thought that was a really cool story and just really interesting and so inspiring. I mean, anytime I see Black women just doing dope shit, I'm just like, yes, yes. here for you know? it, here for it. And I think that also speaks to like their energy of being in sync with one another, right? That they were just so in sync and so in tune with their vision. They were in alignment mm -hmm. with their vision of what this could be, that it just makes it easy to just flow and things just work out seamlessly and beautifully. I love that you said that, Don, because I think one of the biggest things for me over the years has been my struggle with going with the flow, always feeling like I needed to have a script or a guide or like before I take the leap, I need to know what's the next step going to be? What are the next 10 steps? Matter of fact, not just the next step, what are the next 10 steps? And so I think that can teach us a lot about creativity when you really just get in tune with yourself and you trust your intuition. And I think also going back to, you know, what is my purpose, right? What are my intentions? And to know that she said that she wanted to pay homage to the art of water collecting, right? And then being able to see that throughout, I mean, you see water and the moon, you see those different aspects throughout the film. And so just being able to kind of ground yourself on the big vision, I was just like, yes, I'm loving it. Creatively, I'm like, that's dope. That's dope. Yes, yes. 
so then, you know, speaking of like being creative and being in aligned with someone, like one of the things that I appreciate is that Beyonce brought in other artists, right? And no matter what your take on her is, I think that it was really dope that she is making artists who are well-known and really well-respected in their own right, bring them to awareness of those of us who might not normally access them, right? So the artist, Tiwa Savage, first of all, let me just say that in doing more research on her, 40 years old, been in the game, for years, years, one of her top albums came out in 2010. So years, okay? Tiwa is featured on Keys to the Kingdom. And what I can appreciate is that, and, and I say featured, I mean, it's her song. Let me just be clear. Let me, let me back up. It's her song, right? But she is currently one of Nigeria's biggest female pop stars. And she's an activist. And one of the topics that she is focused on addressing is rape culture in Nigeria. While that is not an area that I am familiar with in terms of like having full knowledge of what rape culture in Nigeria is like, I think that it is huge for her to be using her platform as a pop star, as one of their biggest stars to bring awareness to rape culture and calling it out and speaking up about it. I just think that makes her so dope. I'm with you there, Dom. I would definitely agree with that. And I think it's also pretty amazing that her song is featured on the album and Beyonce isn't even in it, right? It's like, you're on this project. That, I think that speaks volumes. Because it's funny, when I was listening, a couple of songs where I was kind of waiting, maybe it was just Keys to the Kingdom, I can't remember, but I was listening and I was like, okay, what Beyonce part coming? I was like, okay, this is the song and this is good and this is it. I love it, right? And so, because sometimes you have an expectation that if it's an artist album, they're going to have a part, right? And so I thought that was pretty cool to be a creative and to give someone else this platform and you didn't even have to be in the mix, right? You just kind of let them do their thing. So I thought that was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yes. I, and I think it's about time that Tiwa got her chance to really shine here because mm -hmm. one of the things that we also know about her is that she got a call to do background singing for Mary J. Blige, right? She did some work as a songwriter and wrote on Fantasia's album. She did background vocals for Whitney Houston, right? And then went back to Nigeria and started doing, promoting her own work, right? And so for her to come back here and partner with Beyonce or, and have her own spotlight, like, I'm just so happy for her. I'm with you, girl. It's so dope. So dope. We love to see folks that are, you know, super talented and that are out here grinding out, get their recognition. And it's so funny too, Dom, I was thinking about this the other day, how I bet you that some of the most talented people in the world are 
unknown to the world, right? I mean, we see a group of certain people in mainstream that are promoted, but there are so many everyday people that are just talented as hell and they just don't have the machine behind them to promote them, right? They don't have, you know, the capital or the resources to get their name out there, but they're super talented. It just makes me more excited to continue to support artists, especially artists that we truly like. I mean, there have been artists over the years that I may have seen on YouTube, right? Or on SoundCloud. And I'll support them because I'm like, yo, I like their music, right? Even if the world hasn't you know, discovered them yet, I like their music. And so just supporting people that we genuinely like and not always just kind of going with what's fed to us, you know, because there's always, you know, certain people, I don't know, there's a whole agenda, I believe, in some cases around the people that are able to make their way into certain arenas. But I think that it is important to always support the folks that are truly talented that we really do enjoy. Which is exactly why. Beyonce having so many people contribute to this visual album is huge. The way I look at it, she has a platform. She has access, right? And so what she's doing is she is making space for other artists. That I feel like that is what, if we take away nothing else, from this album, this visual album, is that creating this visual album made space for so many creatives, so many artists. Yes, yes. And speaking of creatives, we have to shout out Jen Nakiru, who is one of the collaborative directors of the project. And I really got excited when taking a look at Jen's story. And I'll tell you why in just a bit, lady. Long story short, though, Jen was born and raised in Peckham and she studied law in London before decamping to DC. And she attended film school at Howard University, HBCU in the house. And I love that she said that she had known about Howard since she was a kid via Black TV sitcoms, which I thought was so cool and so cute. Like you're, you know, international, you're living in a different country, but you see that you're influenced by this American culture. And I want to say the pride that we have for HBCUs. And so I think that's just so dope, right? Isn't that cool? Yeah, I agree. And then, right, right. And then she talked about learning how to work with Black ideas in a way that's sophisticated and not entry level. And the fact that she said that she could not have contributed to Black as King the way that she did had it not been for the teachings of her professors at Howard University. For me, that kind of gave me goosebumps and it was so validating because I think oftentimes Black people, you know, because of our struggles, right, because of history, we just don't get the credit that we are due, right? So many times in history, we see that. And even our HBCUs, people be sleeping on our universities. You know, they sleep on our work. And just to see her do these great things in the world and attribute that back to the HBCU where she got her education, I was just like, yes, it's just, how can you not be empowered by that, right? Like, I was just so excited about that. Yes, that is so dope. And, (laughs) you know, speaking as someone who used to teach at an HBCU, That warms my heart and that really, even though I'm not teaching at an HBCU now, it just motivates me to continue the work that I do because you never know who you are inspiring and motivating, especially when you show up as your authentic self and 
pour into these students. I'm so with you because oftentimes we hear people, and I mean, there's, I guess there's nothing wrong with Ivy League per se, right? But we often always hear that promoted, right? From black people, white people, all kinds of people. But to hear someone just shout out their HBCU, like, yes, you know, like my experience here and what I learned here was super valuable. And we know that, right? Because, you know, I've worked at an HBCU as well. And so I know that the students got value there, but we don't often see that talked about as much. So shout out to you, Jen. Also, Jen worked on three projects with Beyonce so far. So she worked on Ape Shit. She worked on the Ivy Park campaign for Adidas. And then, of course, most recently, Black is King. So I thought that was another inspiring creative that we wanted to shout out here. When you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that Ivy Park ad for Adidas. That was pretty cool. So I appreciate that Jen is getting continued work. And hopefully... This means that like she is doing other amazing things outside of her work with Beyonce. And so now we come to the writing. And, you know, oftentimes we can look at a video and we can think, oh, it's just, okay, someone wrote the music and then someone like choreographed. But when we look at a at any video or any visual album, there clearly has to be some writing that goes into it, right? There has to be some level of a script. Even if they go off that script, there's some writing that happens. And two of the writers that I want us to highlight, we already heard from one of them, Yursa Daily Ward in our quote of the day. And Yursa is a poet, model, actor, and LGBTQ activist. She was born in England and was raised by her grandparents who were, using her description, strict Seventh-day Adventists. And when you think about that background, right, of coming from a strict religious household and then you hear some of her work. And if you've ever seen anything that she's putting forth on Instagram, it's beautiful, beautiful work. And what I appreciate is that coming from that strict religious background, she was able to get to a space and she's currently in a space of truly finding herself and finding her voice and putting her voice out there. She has released two books. The first book, Bone, is a collection of her poetry. And she initially self-published that book and then was later picked up by Publishing House. And then her second book is titled The Terrible, A Storyteller's Memoir, where she kind of shares a little bit more insight into who she is and how she is evolving as a young person. I want to share another one of her quotes. And this one you may recognize from Black is King. You who were formed by the heat of the galaxy, what a thing to be one and the same and still unlike any other. Life is a set of choices. Follow your light 
or lose it. Lady, if you haven't checked out Yursa's work yet, I definitely encourage you to follow her on Instagram and we'll have links to how to access all of the creatives that we've talked about today. And one more creative that I do want to shout out is the poet, Warsan Shire. Warsan, for those of you that remember Lemonade, will also remember that a lot of Warsan's work was featured in Lemonade. She is a British writer, poet, editor, and teacher who was born to Somali parents in Kenya. I want to read a couple of her poems or quotes because they are also just equally as beautiful and encourage you to follow her on Instagram as well. Give your daughters difficult names. Give your daughters names that command the full use of tongue. My name makes you want to tell me the truth. My name doesn't allow me to trust anyone that cannot pronounce it right. That's right, Rothan. And that's why T and I made sure that we looked up people's names to make sure that we were saying your names properly. And if we didn't, please let us know. Because we want to make sure that we are speaking your name, how your parents intended your names to be spoken. And I want to read one more quote from Warsan. You are welcome to come home to yourself. Let black be synonymous with glory. Oh, that's so powerful, Dom. Yes. I love it. I love it. And I love that we're, you know, we get a chance to be inspired by black writers because oftentimes, you know, we talk about it in the opening of our podcast, right? Black women, black people, we are often underrepresented and misunderstood. And so to have people that look like us, though they may have different experiences, they can speak a language and tell stories that many of us can relate to. And so I think that's so powerful. Words are powerful, but to hear someone speak something that spark something in your soul or to have someone articulate something that you may be feeling and may not know how to communicate. I mean, those are the powerful moments, right? Those quotes that you share online where you're like, oh my gosh, that's exactly how I feel, but I just didn't know how to say it, right? Or I couldn't have said it better myself. I think there's just so much power in having these creatives that look like us sharing these stories, you know, moving and just being in their creativity. It's just so inspiring. And I love that. Yes. Yes. I I love it too. And I think that, you know, one of the things that you said, like it made me think about, so yeah, like Beyonce utilizing these women and their writing, like these women spoke to her and clearly speaking the language that she wanted to communicate. Right. And instead of just taking their words and putting their words out there, you know, or taking their words and transforming it into her own, she let them come in and make it known that these are the words of someone else, right? Exactly. I love that. And just giving them credit. Now, 
We do want to cover a few other things before we dive into just what came up for us personally as we tuned into the film. And so just as like a little reminder, you know, a little housekeeping for our community. I think that sometimes, you know, in this stand culture that we have, right, I've personally noticed that sometimes people will just follow someone blindly, right? And I think because of all the, you know, critical feedback that people are hearing, it's easy to just kind of follow a post on social media. So I I just want to remind us all, right, including myself, to think critically and do our own research, even if we you know, I feel like this is the the age of the Aquarius. You got everything coming out. I mean, people yes. are just all kinds of stories coming out. And we've covered topics like this on the podcast too, where it's like, oh, what do I do when this person that I admire and I, you know, love or, you know, value has done something that I don't agree with, right? Like, how do you, what do you do with those feelings? So I say all that to say, just because of all the controversy around this topic, like we should never blindly follow anyone. We definitely want to be mindful to think critically do our research, all that good stuff. And then also, you know, Don talked about initially, you know, when we started this episode about us keeping things positive and it's totally okay for us to enjoy someone's work and be positive and also critique things that we disagree with. Like that's okay. And I saw a lot of people on social media. I mean, they were having nasty discourse and I'm just like, y'all, it's okay for us to disagree, right? We can disagree agreeably. And that's cool. That's how it should be. It should be a healthy, a healthy discourse is disagreeing in a way where it's not about someone has to be right. You know, someone has to be the winner. It's, okay, let me share my points and let me be willing to listen to your points. And maybe there are things that we can each learn from one another in this. Absolutely, Dom. Absolutely. But I think like bashing, you know, someone's experience or their decisions or, you know, the way they live their life and things like that. It's just like, what is the purpose? You know, especially if you're, I think I would hope that at the end of the day, like if you have a differing perspective or you believe you know, something to be true. You just want to share your opinion and and hope that the other person listens, right? We don't always have to try to, you know, bring someone over to our side. We're all entitled to our own opinions. And I think the last thing here is just like, know that it's okay to embrace and explore a perspective that differs from what you were taught growing up. And I think we've talked about this too, Dom. We have a lot of episodes now, so I can't remember when we talked about that, but it kind of makes me think about, was it Yursa or Warsan? Dursa Orwasan, who was grew up in the strict household. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dursa, yep. It made me think about her experience. And I was like, oh, you know, it's okay to explore a different perspective, even if your family may not understand it, right? Like, I think the key is for us to like think critically, do our research, and see what resonates with us based on where we are in our journey. Exactly. And I think, you know, to me, that speaks to what I was saying earlier about like, a lot of the things related to Yoruba spirituality, Yoruba religion that Beyonce highlights in this visual album. And I think that for a lot of us, if we grew up Christian, no matter what our denomination, you know, just how we were raised, one, we might not notice some of the imagery that was in the album, but two, if we did, it may be contradictory to how we were brought up, right? And I like how, you know, you've pointed out that just because this was how we were raised doesn't mean that 
we can't be open to learning about other ways of being. And being open to learning about other ways of being does not automatically equate us with completely departing from or denouncing how we were raised. I agree with you there, Dom. Absolutely. And I will say, Dom, I'm curious to know what came up for you when you were watching the film, like just on a personal level. On a personal level, I thought that it was a beautiful work of art. You know, I think that just on a surface level, like just the visual itself was stunning. Right. And if I take away nothing else from that, the visuals were just so beautiful. Right. And then when I step back and look a little deeper, you know, I think the bigger picture that it brings up for me is just the level of exposure to non-American mainstream music and culture. So thinking about my nieces or thinking about other brown girls and brown boys and brown gender non-conforming kids who can look at this visual album and see beauty in blackness, right? But then also because of Beyonce's like mainstream popularity, children of other races and ethnicities get to also witness how beautiful black culture is. They get to see what we already know how beautiful we are. And, you know, there's controversy, you know, around the full representation. You know, I read somewhere that someone said, you know, Beyonce in Africa is not full of royalty. True indeed. True indeed. But it's a positive image of Blackness that, considering the times that we are currently in, I felt so uplifted, you know, considering right now we are constantly bombarded with so much negativity about what it means to be black in this country, so much anti-blackness, that to see this visual album, it was just really heartwarming and really beautiful. And then I think the other piece of it too for me was just recognizing that no one person is perfect. And so recognizing that she is not going to get everything that everyone wants. But throughout that film, she was unapologetically Black. And I loved it. T, what were your thoughts? You had a lot of good points there, Dom, I will say. And I wanted to kind of piggyback off of something that you said when you talked about the representation, because let's be real, Dom, for a lot of us African-Americans growing up, literally, you know, having no ties to a country on the continent, having no ties to, you know, a few generations past, like my grandmother, right? Like I was aware of my great grandmother, but other than that, like no ties to family 
before that because of slavery, the only association I had with Africa Girl was those damn commercials where the, I want to say the colonizers, you know, went over there and they're showing the little black kids with the big bellies and the flies on their face. Literally, that is the only thing that I heard about and saw as it relates to Africa. And so literally for years, that was my depiction because I was a kid and that was what was presented to me on TV, especially those late nights where you have the, you know, commercials coming on. And so I think over the years, as I began to expand my friend group and travel a bit more, my my best friend is from Morocco. And so when we were in middle school, hearing her talking about going back to Morocco and her experience, that opened my eyes to a new way of seeing Africa. And then when I had a chance to go to Egypt, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so different, right? I mean, honestly, Dom, I think you're right. There's feedback about the representation not necessarily being holistically accurate, right? There were some parts that may be portrayed well, but then others that are missing. Like you said, you're not going to hit on all the points in a film like that. But also, if I had to choose between seeing the depiction of Africa that I saw as as a young kid and this more empowering image, I'd probably choose the more empowering, right? So I would definitely agree with that. I wanted to touch on that really quickly. But I think as a Black woman having such a beautiful body of work to share with my kids, right? Other Black children, and to know that a Black woman created this. And from what I know, I mean, had a mostly Black team, right? So I think there's a sense of pride that comes along with that. Whenever, like I said before, whenever I see a Black person or a Black woman achieve something or do something dope, there's always this sort of air of, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And I can do that too, right? Seeing someone that looks like you do something great, it tends to be inspiring. And I think about songs like Brown Skin Girls, right? And what that means for little black girls. And I think it's special because we didn't have a lot of that growing up. It wasn't really, you know, I don't know about you, Don, but when I, where I grew up and the time that I grew up, it wasn't really cool to be black, you know? Not like it is now. I feel like now being black is like a trend for some people in this country. But I think growing up, that wasn't the case. And so we didn't really have many songs like that, right? I mean, we always had James Brown, right? I'm black and I'm proud. Right. And we had, <laughs> we had NDRE, yeah. Brown Skin. Yeah, NDRE. Right? But mm-hmm. then, you know, I think that there's, yeah, I hear you. There's few songs about representation. Yeah. And I think just, you know, as you were talking, one of the things that came up for me was this thought of like, you know, deepening as we think about representation and what that does to our mental state, right? Mm-hmm. That if what our children see is black as king and they see royalty, they see us depicted as royalty, that even if that's not wholly accurate, the message that it sends to our future generation is that we are royalty. And then that if that seeps into our psyche, then we start to carry ourselves with higher self-esteem, right? And higher mm-hmm. levels of self-confidence because we see that, yes, we are wonderful. Yes, we are beautiful. Yes, we are powerful. Yes, we are royalty. Yes, we are king. Yes, Tom, I would agree with that. And I love that you brought up Indiari too, because I feel like we did have that song. And I feel like brown skin girls, it can be for all women, but it really speaks to little girls, right? So now they have their own little anthem too. And I think also, you know, when tuning in, I felt more inspired to tap into my creativity 
and share my message with the world in a powerful way. And then I also say that it made me more excited to continue on my path to spirituality and what that means for me and also connecting with my ancestors in history. And I did take my ancestry test, which we talked about a few episodes ago. And in addition to what I learned when I took the ancestry test, I also learned where my ancestors came from. And like many of us, my ancestors came from the West Coast of Africa, right? And so I have the blood of various tribes running through my veins. And I just felt empowered being able to see the visuals because like you said, it was a a beautiful visual piece. And so I think that was inspiring. And then the last thing I'll say is the gift documentary. That was also really interesting because I love getting a chance to hear from an artist's perspective, what they intended for their music, right? So sometimes you'll hear a song and, you know, back in the day before artists were doing a lot of interviews, I would hear a song. I'm like, what does that person mean? What are they talking about? But to hear the, you know, hear Beyonce talk about this is what I wanted to do for this song and this is the message I wanted to share. It's like, oh, okay, that gives you more insight. So there's a lot to be researched. I think the first time I watched it, it was all about the visual. I was just visually stimulated and captivated, like, oh my gosh, the textures, the colors, the dance, oh my goodness, all that. Then I feel like the next time I need to look at the lyrics, you know, more deeply. There's just so many components. Girl, I saw someone online talking about how you know, there's a scene where Jay-Z is playing chess and they were saying that his chess move, they were like analyzing his chess moves. And I was like, yo, there's so much that you could research. And I'm sure all those little pieces, knowing Beyonce being a perfectionist, all those little pieces probably had some type of significance. You know what I mean? So there's so much that you could dive into. So yeah, girl, that is what came up for me as I tuned in. I think the bottom line is that people should check it out, right? And come to their own conclusions. Like we said at the beginning, that it's a work of art and art is meant to generate conversation. So hopefully, lady, as you are listening to us, if you haven't seen it yet, or maybe now, if you've seen it, maybe now you want to go back and revisit it based on listening to the things that we've discussed today. But I, again, I think the bottom line is that we can all appreciate that it truly is a work of art and is a conversation starter. Hey, lady, it's Terry here from the Herspace podcast, and I have some exciting news for you. I just published my self-help book, How to Glow Up As You Grow Up your go-to guide for overcoming obstacles and making lemonade. So if you've ever experienced loss, childhood trauma, a narcissistic partner, or depression, this book is just for you. If you visit glowupbook.com, again, that's glowupbook.com, you can order your copy today and you will surely be inspired. So I hope that you decide to join me on this journey and I'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Her Space Podcast. 
or check out our website at herspacepodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I am not limited by any past thinking. I choose my thoughts with care. We'll see you next week, lady.